G'day guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Catch-Up by Tapping the Crypto. I'm your host Ted and I'm joined by the great Mr. Pav Hundal. And uh, sorry, who are you again? Tommy, man. Tommy, Tommy. Ah, that's um, right. Yeah, you were on the podcast once once upon a time, weren't you? I was on another podcast, a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Things have changed since then. That's right. That's the right. quality's gone downhill since you've left, Tommy. But where have you been, mate? Man, I've been about, been about doing some crypto things. Yeah? Yeah. Running businesses. Keeping busy? This one, hopefully. This um, one? Yeah. Yeah, keeping busy, mate. Been head buried in, in product for the last couple of months and- Swift uh, product that is Swift X products, yeah. Trying to keep um keep the business moving forward and keep us um building into the bear market as we might touch on later as the the longest one that we've experienced ever. Beautiful, mate. Keep the lights on. That's it. Absolutely. And uh, and Pav, what's been happening with you, mate? Mate, I went on a holiday. Did you now? Four day. Cheeky little holiday. Where'd you head? I was going to make a joke, but it just didn't. Appropriate, <laughs> <laughs> mate. A bit rusty, are you telling? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good times? Yeah, it was good sunny coast, but it was a rainy coast. So it didn't live up to the name, but that's all right. That's a shame. Anyway. All right. Let's get into the market. What are you boys seeing? Starting with you, Tommy. Oh, man. Look, it just feels like nothing has happened since I've been on last. I think yeah, you, re- you really haven't missed much. Two months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It's like this is the last podcast we did two months ago. But um, yeah, look, it's getting, I guess it's quiet. It's, it's definitely gone quiet in the markets over the last, yeah, two, three months. We're definitely scraping bottoms mm-hmm. on a lot of assets. Looking through the altcoins, it's a bit scary. Like some of those big name, even the big name altcoins have have been decimated over the last few months. Yeah, you know we see kind of very short term retrievals or, or revivals from some assets, but it just it's just not not holding at mm-hmm. this stage. Bitcoin is probably again I kind of touched on it before we started the podcast. If this is you know the middle of the bear market or the end of the bear market or we're getting close to the end of it and Bitcoin is at 27, 28k, I'm actually pretty happy about that, if I'm honest. Considering where we went in the last bear market, I mean we you know we took a sharp pullback to 3k US. We're sitting at 27, 28 now. I'm okay with that, considering you know everything else has happened. Yes, we went to an all-time high of 69k or whatever it was in the middle of the bull market, but. Considering everything that's happened in the market, I'm actually pretty pretty happy about where at least Bitcoin is standing. The altcoins, bit of a different story. What about you guys? Yeah, definitely the same sort of sentiment. Like uh, we keep talking about price going up, price going down, seems to just hit a wall and fling back the other direction. Like there's just a lot of consolidation. But I mean, it's boring, but at least it's not falling through the floor just yet. Probably next week it'll fall through the floor. Yeah, you've called it out now. Called it out. Walking it. It was a bit happening. Well, obviously, like now we've got a bit more shifting in the sands. Just out of our control with like the geopolitical tensions yep. in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said about what's happening in the US uh, with like the bond yield inversions, which we're definitely not going to try and talk about because we have no idea. But I think all in all, like we've been, you know, at least crypto's held its own. It's been following the other regular markets like the S&P, like the NASDAQ when they have been moving, crypto's been moving. It's a little bit behind, but we've seen that before in previous cycles too. It has kind of gone through phases of being off kilter. But big week this week, we've got CPI in the US. We've also got this little old thing called the FOMC meeting minutes, which is a very, very breathtaking document of how a conversation went about interest rates in the US. So we're dying to know what happened there. But I mean, that's pretty big because it'll sort of give the language of, you know, is there any sight to, you know, what's the end of the runway look like for the rate hikes? And that's all got to do with like, you know, episode with Jamie Coots last week. It's yep. all about liquidity. It's all about the banks giving people money. So, if, you know, we need to see conditions improve for that to happen. So crypto can go again. So, but yeah, longest bear market, definitely feeling it. Yeah. Mm. The fatigue is setting in for sure, but you can almost, I mean, you can almost feel like something's the light change, right? Light at the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. 
But yeah, as, as Jamie spoke on last week, we're waiting for that liquidity to come back into the market and even like a, a massive catalyst like the Bitcoin halving yeah. won't do huge amounts without like money coming, well, like big money coming back into the market. So yeah, we need like a few different things to fall in place for that to happen. The, the other one is like the spot ETF, right? Like, I mean, that's going to be probably timed to perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Could even be this year, actually. Yeah, the, they're, they're starting to speculate that. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I was just going to say, from yeah. a from a ETF provider standpoint, you'd want to get it. No, you'd want to get it out as soon yeah. as possible, right? Considering yep. previous cycles, what we've seen, the kind of that runway and that run up into the halving, and and how that plays out. Yep. Mm-hmm. They would want to launch an ETF with year one performance being good, yeah. <laughs> and I guess that that could Very be true. a key key part. Yep. If, you know. Do you have the same impetus to launch when you think you're at the top of a cycle or top of a bull market? No, you don't. So they want to set it in for the long term, I guess. It's yeah, true. exactly. And I think even a lot of institutions identify now as a good time to potentially get into Bitcoin and, and Ethereum as well. And so they want to get in as well. So I think they they do pretty well if they were to launch now. But yeah, it's just about getting those application approved. But yeah, lads, let's move on to the top market movers. So what do we got this week? It looks like Trust Wallet is leading the charge here. It's, it's interesting. Like last week, we obviously had the Jamie episode, so we didn't really go over the top movers, but there were a few key altcoins absolutely pumping. Yeah, there were some absolute runners. Yeah, and then this week, we haven't really got much. It's definitely just the, the sentiment. The market's shifted, right? Like it's funny how things can just change. Drop of, yeah. a, drop of a pin. Exactly. And do you think yeah. that's to do with the, the whole Israel I'd say definitely like on-risk assets hate geopolitical uncertainty because, you know, a CPI print, there's an expected versus unexpected, something like a missile running into, you know, a large city. It's just, you just don't know what the repercussions are. You know, it could affect everything. And, you know, the one everyone's calling out is oil right now. So if the oil prices change, the amount of productivity across the world will also fluctuate. So therefore yields for businesses and their returns are affected. So it's a bit of a scary thing. Less, less crypto, obviously there's... Yep. You know, they're not farming any crops, but, you know, the rest of the world is, and that's how they get their money to buy Bitcoin. So that's it. That's it. It's, um, I read somewhere this morning about gold being the opportunity yeah. these times, which makes sense, right? It's kind of like the ultimate, seen as at times the ultimate hedge to mm. anything else happening geopolitically or yep. economically across the world. So yep. I think that's probably one for people to watch as well, what the actual gold price is doing. Obviously, Bitcoin, gold, comparison, correlation. Yeah. Not saying that that's going to happen, but we've seen a similar thing when the war in Russia and Ukraine. Just about to say, Russia, like there was that initial sell-off, but then Bitcoin went up like 30, 35%. Because it was being used in the country, I guess, use cases that were... Um, that's right, because the ruble went to yeah. That's right, rubble. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Well oh, boom, <laughs> did it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's you know, people use it because they need it, not because it's an investment, right? So yeah, when yeah. you come back to the utility of different types of assets, this is when it comes to its to a head, really, and it really is a, an asset that people use because they need yeah. versus um, anything else. Absolutely, and I just want to touch on that point because you mentioned like people need crypto in these situations because yeah. their own fiat currencies aren't really performing um, or, or you know they're getting can't even get out of the bag getting freezed yeah exactly yeah. frozen sorry um, so I want to touch on something soon with Stella but uh, let's touch on Trust Wallet because that is the top mover in the last seven days so it looks like it's pumping off the back of this tweet which is you know pretty pretty like an unspecified announcement I guess people are speculating that something big is going to happen you guys have any ideas or you haven't heard anything probably just CZ holding up four fingers <laughs> yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, exactly. So usually this means like something, you know, a big a big launch or maybe even a rebrand. If you go to the next tweet, Pav, we've actually got, because we touched on like Stella oh, a few weeks ago yeah. and Stella actually pumped off the back of this tweet, which was like a, you know, a big announcement coming soon. Turns out, and, you know, we speculated that it could be something to do with real world assets, given the fact that there's a, you know, a name drop of real world in there. Turns out it was just a rebrand that it's like a, a blockchain for the real world, which featured... Idris Elba. The feature, Idris. Yeah. If you go to the the next tweet there, like Idris is featured in like their ad and it's- it's are right. Because yeah. like what you were saying about the Russia-Ukraine situation is like they're really playing on the fact that like in tough times, you know, in, in places that aren't necessarily as fortunate as we are in Australia, like crypto is a necessity rather than like a, an investment. Like luxury investment. Yeah. 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 So like I actually thought it, we won't watch it now, but it was a pretty cool ad to kind of check out. So any of the listeners- Feel free to go check that one out. It's, it's pretty well shot and, of course, got the big man Idris in there. Of that. The new Bond. Is he? Is that confirmed? No, no I've heard. Let's start a rumor. Been talking, they've been talking. It's, mate, years. the rumor started like 20 years ago. I will reignite the rumor then. Yeah, he, he's back. Okay. Render, not much to report on here. Looks like they just were featured in a Harvard Business Review you know, post there. So, obviously, getting that, getting a name drop. Good exposure, in a, I guess. Yeah, good exposure in, in a pretty reputable magazine. So... Potentially catalyst for that pump there. Yeah, AVAX, I uh, was able to do a little bit of digging and I kind of saw it happen. They launched their own fork of, this isn't the reason why pump, but there was a lot of activity on chain because of this launch, um, Stars Arena. So it's a Frentech sort of clone. So where you can buy tokenized keys to people's closed community groups, essentially, is what, what that whole Frentech thing is all about. Uh, but funnily enough, well, not really that funny. There's already been an exploit. So 2.85 mil has been drained by some exploitees on the Stars Arena network. So, you know, as much as it was kicking off, it's kind of, yeah, had a bit of a sour ending for now. It's not ended, but yeah, it's not doing so crash hot at the moment in terms of public sentiment. So they're still trying to chase that one down and close that gap. So, I mean, AVAX as well, it's been in a long term of accumulation as well, if you've been looking at it for quite some time. So, yeah, just a good opportunity, especially Stars Arena does use the AVAX token as a part of what it does. So, just getting a bit more transactions on that network. Stars Arena, okay. I like the name. I kind of touched on it in the intro. Like, there's a list of household names, yeah. assets that are just been decimated. They've been decimated. Yep. Yeah. Projects that we know have good fundamentals and, I guess, Many of us have done deep dives in the projects themselves and what mm -hmm. their use cases might be. And we talked about layer two solutions and a lot of, you know, proof of stake assets as well. Yep. That many people are like the I think many of us probably know are still continuing to accumulate. Whether we get they get the lift in the next market as it pulls through again or not remains to be seen, of course. But building positions on these assets when you have conviction is like <laughs> now or the last few months is the time to be doing it really. Yep. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it when it kicks off, that's when the you know the formal can happen and, and these things can can lift pretty quickly. So you think altcoins could have a, another run down from here though between now and the next bull market? Yeah, absolutely. There's always there's always a, <laughs> there's yep. always a chance for the for the yeah. altcoins to to drop mm. as well as any any asset really like mm. things that are outside of the control of the market. Like you know we talked about the the wars, right? Yeah. Unforeseen, you you don't you don't know how they're going to affect, but uncertainty is really what changes the sentiment towards risk on, risk on assets. Just, yeah. Just on that specific point too, like a good way to track up altcoins going to likely go down. You can track a little bad boy called Bitcoin dominance. And yep. even historically, you can see the ebbs and flows of how that's performed as the market cycles progressed. But we've got a little chart up here. 
you know, we're essentially putting in week on week growth in terms of Bitcoin dominance. So we're taking away the market cap from your altcoins, you know, Ethereum, everything else under Ethereum. And, you know, historically we see this get to, you know, peaks of anywhere up to 70% before it starts to turn around. And that turnaround is significant. That's usually when you start to see significant sustained alt seasons as well. So maybe people trying to work out like, is now a good time to put the whole bag into an altcoin? Like this is kind of like a sort of signal to look at. If this is going up, there's a good chance all your altcoins are going down. Mm-hmm. So, and the real thing we all want to see right now is a Bitcoin led market pump where the altcoins don't necessarily follow. And that would be like perfect. Like that's, that's, yeah. that'll be the first sign of things finally. Clear, yeah. clear capital flowing to Bitcoin as yeah. opposed to trying to capture yeah. the next opportunity. Yeah. And usually, it never usually works directly like that. Like no. there's always outliers in the market like yeah. that, even with those conditions. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, when it changes, it changes quickly. Oh, yeah. And there's, you know, usually a, f- a fair bit of capital to retrace. Yeah, for sure. Let's jump into some news. Uh, so this first one, like, there's been a lot of talk about the the Ripple SEC ruling ever since, you know, the, the judge essentially ruled that XRP was not a security. So, yeah, just constantly people commenting on the whole situation. But this was actually a pretty impactful story. So the judge who made the ruling that XRP was not a security essentially threw out the SEC's appeal. Another big win for uh, Ripple and XRP there. And then there's also rumors that XRP is gaining momentum of a settlement. So like, you know, the SEC, that would essentially mean the SEC- Just concedes. Conceding defeat, yeah. saying, look, let's settle. Let's get this over and done with because we don't see a way of us winning here. Yeah. So yeah, it's good to see. And another win for Ripple and XRP as well is they secured a full license in Singapore to offer digital payment services. So making some moves. You don't really hear about particularly like altcoins getting this many big wins in a short amount of time, like maybe Bitcoin or Ethereum, but like this has been massive for Ripple and what has been like a pretty rough couple of years. So like, let's hope the the wins keep on coming. And it's funny because everyone outside of the business itself doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's like, just think about if you're actually working at Ripple and you're like yeah. going through this bloody shitstorm of a situation with the SEC for how many years now? Yeah, you've quite finally started to see light at the end of the tunnel, but you're in the middle of a bear market, so like nobody really cares about yeah. the wins that you're getting. Yeah, that will change and can change very quickly. Yeah, but it's like anything outside of the four walls of Ripple themselves. Yeah, you know, you don't get the lift that you would maybe expect if it was in a different market or if prices reflect right. Once, as soon as prices start to reflect, that's when the interest comes back in, and and the news stories are are um they're heightened as well. Yeah, people have yeah. more interest, which is. But I guess you know XRP has a huge following. Like the yeah. you know the XRP army, they're a strong they're a strong community, and they absolutely love Ripple and XRP. Like you you can't have a discussion with them about anything bad about Ripple because they'll just tear you to shreds. Yeah, but it's a reason it's in the top, you know, probably in the top five for as in a long five time. years. It's been in the top yeah. five since it launched. It went straight into the top 10 more or less with yep. the amount of liquidity that was behind it, market mm. cap, and then it's held that position for, for that long. Yep. I guess for me, it's like if people are asking why do we think it's always held that position, it's been one of the only, I say one of the only, one of the few digital assets that has flirted with an actual real-life use case. Yeah. Right. They wanted to yeah. um, replace the Swift network with a crypto. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. You transfer money from Australia to where Ted's from, somewhere in Germany, I believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> may or may not be correct. Um, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> you knew I was going to get you some. Yeah, yeah. You had to get me back. You drink a lot of German beer. Maybe that's what I. Um, I just drink a lot of beer in general. I just, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that real-life use case, it always comes back to real-life use case. Yeah. Generally, people don't care that much about the technology. They just want to make the thing better that they're trying to do or, or cheaper or faster, yeah. which we know the Swift payment network itself has many issues. Yeah. There might even be a story, I don't know if we're covering it today, but around Swift partnering with some um, blockchain as well. So, like Chainlink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, I'll park my comments there and we can move on. <laughs> mate, love it. We love it. Ted's giving me eyes here. <laughs> yeah, we're giving Cut you it, mate. Cut it, mate. Uh, what else have we got in the news? I haven't seen this episode yet, but uh, Sam Oldman's recently been on the Joe Rogan podcast. So nothing really groundbreaking here, but I think it kind of ties nicely into what we were talking about earlier about the need for there to be a r- sort of governance or currency that's outside of government control. And that's kind of what Sam and Joe were talking about, I guess, in their little chat. So just to quote something that Sam said, a global currency like Bitcoin outside of government control is a super logical and important step on the tech tree. In terms of like CBDCs, which came up in conversation as well, they sort of had the same sentiment that we've been talking about for some time now, just how far the surveillance state could go. And yeah, it's a real worry that, you know, the central banks are obviously gunning for this, but... Yeah, it was just, it's interesting to see a chat like that happening when the markets are in this sort of position that they're on. Like you're saying, like Bitcoin at 27K and the longest bear market ever. And you've got Sam Altman, founder of Worldcoin, which is controversial in itself. ChatGPT, very controversial too, but both challenger sort of products. Going on to, you know, the biggest podcast in the world to talk about Bitcoin and the merits at a very timely moment again in history where likely a lot of people won't be able to access their money in certain corners of the globe. So... Yeah, just an interesting one. Nothing really else to mention there. What are your thoughts on CBDCs in general? This is a, like a debate I go over and back with on many people in the industry, specifically here in Australia, because we have so many attempts yeah. at Australian dollar stable coins and things like that already in the market. I don't have anything against Australian dollar stable coins. I think they represent you know, a need, like there's a need for them in the market. CBDCs I don't love because like they're issued by the government. What have we seen with fiat currencies since the dawn of time? They just pump money into the market. Inflation goes through the roof and we see, you know, like interest rates do the same. So I think if a CBDC is controlled, which, you know, it's controlled by the central bank, they can do whatever they want with it. And if it's on the blockchain, if it's tokenized, it doesn't really mean much because like, yeah, and it means they can just, you know, run surveillance on people who hold it a little bit better. And so I'm not super fond of them. I think in one aspect, it shows like growing adoption of blockchain technology, which is cool. But at the same time, I think it doesn't solve a a problem that we have. We're using ledgers. Banks are just using ledgers every day now anyway, right? Yeah. We're we're looking at numbers on the screen. We're not looking at... Exactly. They're trying to phase out cash. Many banks are already banning cash. Yeah. We won't get into that today, but it's like, yeah, I think the some of the concerns are a little bit anarchist or a little bit like tinfoil hat at times, I think, with CBDCs, but it's definitely a key consideration if there is a like rollback method. For instance, yeah. PayPal's new stablecoin came out. Yeah. They can claw it back, right? Mm, like yeah. Reversible blockchain transactions. Like it's not no, no thanks. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> so like things like that is where it kind of that's where you kind of dig into it on CBDCs. In terms of like stable coins themselves, I think an abundance of use cases for Absolutely. for individual stable coins, maybe on private versus public ba- blockchain is another yeah. key consideration there. But it's, um, yeah. What do you yeah. think CBDCs, Puff? There's only one thing that probably really scares me the most, and it's it gives it, a I guess, an avenue to start like social crediting systems where like if you're a good boy and you haven't done any speeding, you might get better concessions than someone who has, or that's a very simple thing, but... You know, let's say if you've had like some sort of strike against your name, there's potentially 
a way that they could do even deeper surveillance on you more frequently and just I don't know just doesn't really seem like it's a fair playing field Hit for everyone and fines when your mate borrows your car for a weekend that's it and then yeah. and then you're done yeah sounds like you're speaking from yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd have no points left mate <laughs> oh throw out them on the train anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> yeah but yeah that's an interesting one there you go oh I got a good one too let's go check awesome. check this one out so we all have heard of Charlie Munger time to time. One of the For people who don't know, who is he? Uh, is it Berkeley Hathaway? Turtle escaped from his shell. <laughs> yeah, but he's, uh, that's a good that way to describe it. Sorry, Charles uh, Munger. <laughs> if you're if you're listening, he is. Message Fund, Berkshire Hathaway. Guess in the same sort of run of the mill as your. Oh, Warren, Buffett. Warren Buffett, sorry, that's the one that sort of escaped me for a second. But, you know, we've heard certain people have nothing but... Um, who called Bitcoin Rat Poison Squared? That was, was Buffett. That was Buffett. Buffett himself. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, if you take a look at this guy, do you really think he'd be a fan of Bitcoin? Oh. I never really... Maybe? I never really no. um, forgave Buffett for that. The Rat Poison Square comment? Yeah. Were you going to forgive Charlie for this one? He said, Bitcoin is the stupidest investment and it's always going to zero. Yeah, what do we think about that? I mean, I'm personally happy to see this because the more of these sort of comments yeah, right. we see, probably bottom six is. Yeah. I think that's probably a nice six that we're on there. Yeah, uh, not financial advice. I mean, no, of course not. But like, come on, guys, it's a bit of a different consideration. There's a good chance you might not see the next. Oh, he's salty. Oh, we're all thinking it, but <laughs> I'm glad you said it, Tommy. Yeah, look, like the guy is a traditional finance guy, works for Berkshire Hathaway. Like, why would he want to believe in Bitcoin? Because it goes against everything that he's believed and, and worked you know made money from in his whole lifetime so no surprise. look i think it's it's one of those things like we know that digital assets as an investment or even believing in the technology has a viewership or has a supporter base and people that are 99 are not in that cohort mm. i'm honest like and that's you know that's just being reasonable about it yeah you got to assume there's always people on both sides right they're yeah. 99 i didn't see that yeah just reading it here and the site is 99 yeah. man's, man's going strong is good far out and he's still you know making commentary on things oh, far out good on him good on yeah yep. charlie we support you mate <laughs> <laughs> i guess another thing we could touch on is just the advent of a few more hacks i mean we've spoken a few already on this potty and um again there's another one in the south korean crypto exchange i think you're following this one tommy yeah look um, I was going to start. I was going to say, I'm, I'm upset. I'm You're mad, upset? Mad at those. I don't yeah. like Tommy upset. Look, it's just one of those things. It's, you know, we're in the middle of a bear market. We don't need any more hits or kicks. People are using exchanges. We've talked about numerous times between tapping into crypto, SwiftX stuff, SwiftX Learn. Yeah. Like we've talked about how to secure your assets, moving them off to cold storage, setting up software, what like whatever your method is. That's probably one piece, but then even just general housekeeping around how you manage your passwords, how you use your emails, like setting up 2FA on accounts. Backing up your 2FA. Backing up your 2FA. Someone in the office just deleted their 2FA by accident. Now they're stuck. Yeah, okay. It's not good. No. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I guess, it, look, my point here is without digging into the semantics of it, exchange attack and scam attempts are soaring at the yep. moment because I guess of that, people are not as interested or not maybe as on guard as they would be either. So like, your account could get taken over. You're not even logging in or checking it out. And your next thing you know, you're logging in three months later and you're cleaned out. So yeah. just kind of calling out for the listeners, just be extra vigilant. I was with a client a couple of weeks ago and the whole password stuff where everyone has the same password for everything. It's just like, when you look at the amount of 
financial institutions or stores of wealth that people have where they use the exact same password. Mm. It literally takes nothing for a hacker to, to get you one password to get yeah. access to, you know, yeah. all of your, your assets. Pav, I know you were going to mention something about MetaMask. We were kind of talking about that. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that just, now's the time to be hunting for like airdrops. Yeah some people but yeah it's very easy to get stuck into a trap where you just use a single metamask for everything so like a good example of what tommy was speaking about like you can mitigate your risk even if you're interacting with these third-party apps because that's where the hacks happen like you can sign a contract that's just not written well and you know there might not be any nefarious you know reason why that happened they just didn't plug a hole where they could have because of inexperience whatever But um, yeah, just having a separate MetaMask for the way you interact with certain apps versus actually storing your funds or trading on decentralized exchanges, like that's case in point of what we talk about here, like owning that risk. Setting up separate email accounts is something that I didn't do for years and only probably maybe two years ago. And don't email yourself your seed phrase. No, (laughs) no, don't put any of that stuff online. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's just like, yeah, it's just, it's devastating to hear someone that you know gets like, their MetaMask hacked yeah. or, you know, something along those lines where they connect to something just so avoidable, but it's also people just don't know sometimes, right? Mm. So. It's the biggest downside of, of the industry. Unfortunately, like I, I was having a conversation with my partner's dad the other day. We'd had a few drinks and we we're going on and I was explaining all the benefits of crypto and his one point is like, oh, look, that all sounds great, but like, what about the scams? And I'm like, yeah, look, that something needs to change there. And we are trying to work on like reducing those scams and- yep. And like education is, is getting better of people, you know, understanding like what is a scam and like how these crypto scams operate, but it still happens. And so we still got a little while to go before we can fully get that under wraps. Yeah. Look, I mean, the, we've also seen these huge restrictions coming in from some of the banks, 10K per month limits that are putting in place, yep. pretty stringent restrictions coming in. Look, they're there for good reason. Do we agree with every one of them? No, there's probably better ways to do it at times, but they do sometimes have to use these blanket-based bans or or blanket-based approach to these things just to stem the bleeding, essentially. Like, you know, Mm. cut your hand or your leg, you're wrapping it up. They're just wrapping it up to just try and and stop that for now. Not necessarily going to be a long-term solution, but um, I know a lot of people in the industry are a bit pissed off by I want to try and um, deposit to SwiftX or wherever you're depositing. It's like with these restrictions, it does make things harder. And especially when you're, you know, trying to build your positions, but it is all part of the the actions being taken just to minimize. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alrighty, lads. I think we uh, wrap it up there. It's a lot lot of ground covered. Yeah. Just before we um, say goodbye, I wanted to shout out the Australian Crypto Convention happening on the 11th to the 12th of November. So Saturday and Sunday. Um, having down in Melbourne. Yep. So we'll all be down there. We're actually going to be recording live podcasts from inside like the convention center. Um, so if you're there, come say good day. You might even get to jump on the... Did I get to call up for that one? or is it just... Yeah, mate, you're coming down. Oh, mate, you're a superstar. Nice one. Tommy, now that you're back on the potty full time, let's do it. You can have whatever you want. But yeah, you can get yourself 30% off tickets if you go to the website and chuck in the promo code TIC30. So that's T-I-C-30. And yeah, hopefully we'll see you down there. That'd be awesome. It's a, it was a great event last year. I think we think they had a sellout of over 5,000 people yeah. at the event in Gold Coast last year. Just an awesome, like it's hard to talk about industry events in the middle of a bear market, but it's a, it's almost the best time to go and do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Everyone's serious, you right? Know, you know that the people are there are people that actually care about the industry, the ones that are actually trying to, yep. that I guess have a long-term commitment. And Absolutely. the yep. fans that are turning out or the, you know, the, the people that are just attending themselves, you know that they have a genuine interest and probably part of something even bigger, which is which is pretty exciting. Mm. So, yep. Yeah, it's keen, exciting. so keen for that one. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, thanks guys. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Catch you later. Cool. See ya.
Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.